0: welcome to read this next with laura and nicole from the thunder bay public library today we are doing i i'll be honest the topic that laura and i have had sitting in our to do <laughs> folder i want to say for about four months <laughs>
1: it's been Just a while there for a minute Yes. yeah
0: a hot second <laughs>
1: we started out um it had a more narrow focus we were going to do steampunk and then we kind of realized there's not as many steampunk books being published anymore Mm -hmm. stuff wasn't there wasn't really enough that were grabbing our attention so now we're just doing alternate history in general um and I've also seen it called uh fantasy history
0: oh that I like that because it's a little bit more like, there's alternate history, which is taking real-world history and changing it. And then there's, like, changing history. It is the... It's, like, an alternate universe, but it's our universe.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's, like, there's, there's for example, ones that are, um, you know, like, it's basically the history we know, only there's magic or something, you know? Yeah. And then there's, like, we lost World War II. Like, yes. I think that's, like, alternate history and the other is maybe fantasy history anyway yeah. so we've got like a mixture of different stuff as usual and we've done a few of these
0: before so like i think we recommended one of daniel quinn's books and we recommended sarah gailey's hippopotamus One.
1: Ooh, yes alternate history Super- oh so good i'll i'll mark it mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i'll put a note in the the, the notes because you should not miss the alternate history about hippos. Yes, <laughs> you just shouldn't. It's hippo, hippo, ranches. Cowboys. hippo cowboys. It's hippo a cow- delight.
0: Yeah. Oh, and um, the Underground Railroad Railroad. we mentioned the other day as
1: well. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple in the in the archives that we can, will suggest those titles as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But I'm going to get started with our first wreck. So okay. the... First one is Bombs Away, which is a series called The Hot War, by Harry Turtledove, so I'm going to skip the first paragraph. Bombs Away begins with President Harry Truman heeding the advice of General Douglas MacArthur, whose control of the ground war in Korea has slipped disastrously away. MacArthur recognizes a stark reality. The U.S. military has been cut to the bone after victory over the Nazis, while China and the USSR have built up their forces. The only way to stop the communist surge into Korea, into the Korean peninsula and save thousands of American lives is through a nuclear attack. MacArthur advocates a strike on Chinese targets in Manchuria. In actual history, Truman rejected this general's advice, but here he does not. And the miscalculations turn into a disaster when Truman fails to foresee Russia's action. Uh, yeah, so... Almost instantly, Stalin strikes US allies in Europe and Great Britain and as the shockwaves are settling, the two superpowers are caught in a horrifying face-off. Will they attack each other directly with nukes? And what countries will be caught in between? And it keeps going, uh, but it sounds like it's a little bit all over the world. It's a retelling of World War II, obviously. So, fascinating. I love those kind of retellings
1: with a what would happen. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like if you're, you know, a bit of a history junkie, you might enjoy that one. Seeing the different ways things play out, certain dominoes fall over and a totally different outcome. Mm-hmm.
0: And I've only heard good things about Harry Turtledove. When I was looking up this book, everyone's like, he's a master storyteller. So it sounds like <laughs> it'll be a very good story.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know if I would have something about the name Turtledove <laughs> Writing like books about nuclear bombs doesn't seem quite right, Mm -hmm. but that's just me having a name bias. Not (laughs) fair at all. I'm sure it's wonderful. (sighs) You can tell I'm a little tired today. I was up (laughs) up last night with my son. So if I seem a little, a little punchy, that'll be why.
0: I'll have Um, the energy for both of us. (laughs) That's
1: that's probably good. Okay. (laughs) So all right, our next one is actually a graphic novel. It's called *The Thrilling Adventures of Lovelace and Babbage* by Sydney Padua, and it's—I um, think it's like—it's—it's it's older now, but still delightful. It's a—it's—it's it's a transformation of the actual historical relationship, um, but this author has made it into a hilarious series of adventures. <laughs> Meet Victorian London's most dynamic duo, Charles Babbage, the unrealized inventor of the computer, and his accomplice, Ada, Countess of Lovelace, the peculiar proto-programmer and daughter of Lord Byron. When Lovelace translated a description of Babbage's plans for an enormous mechanical calculating machine in 1842, she added annotations three times longer than the original work. Her footnotes contained the first appearance of the general computing theory 100 years before an actual computer was built. Sadly, Lovelace died of cancer a decade after publishing the paper, and Babbage never built any of his machines. However, do not despair, it literally says in the description, (laughs) the thrilling adventures of Lovelace and Babbage presents a rollicking alternate reality in which Lovelace and Babbage do build the difference engine and then use it to build runaway economic models, battle the Scrooge of spelling errors. (laughs) Scrooge? Scrooge of spelling errors. Scrooge. (sighs) <sighs> scourge right there's not an r at the beginning it's at the end scourge. yeah scourge oh, <laughs> explore the worldly realms of mathematics and of course fight crime for the sake of both London and science complete with extensive footnotes that rival those penned by Lovelace herself historical curiosities and never-before-seen diagrams of Babbage's mechanical steam-powered computer the thrilling adventures of Lovelace and Babbage is a wonderfully whimsical utterly unusual and above all entirely irresistible work
0: that sounds really cute. I love that it's a graphic novel, and I mean, we're, we obviously already showed the cover, but the two main characters on it just look so expressive and cute. I can't wait to see them like <laughs> animated through each uh, each page.
1: Oh, sorry about that beeping sound. Something, <laughs> something noisy in the room. Don't know That's what beeping. <laughs> Carry on. See if it happens again. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't lose power. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> All right. On to you.
0: On to me. Okay. The Clockwork Dagger, which is a series by Beth Cato. So full of magic, mystery and romance an enchanting steampunk fantasy debut in the best selling vein of Trudy Canavan and Gail Carriger, who I think we're mentioning in a bit.
1: We are.
0: There we go. Orphaned as a child, Octavia Leander was doomed to grow up on the streets until Miss Percival saved her and taught her to become a magician. Okay. (laughs) gifted with incredible powers, the young healer. Okay. So it sounds like maybe it's like a magic medical person,
1: a magic medic.
0: Yeah. A magician. There we go. Kind
1: of fun word. I like
0: that. Uh, The young, it already feels like a real word. Medician. Yeah. Um, (laughs) gifted with incredibly incredible powers the young healer is about to embark on her first mission visiting suffering cities in the far reaches of wars of the war scarred realm but the airship on which she is traveling is plagued by a series of strange and disturbing occurrences including murder and Hi. octavia herself is threatened this sounds like a closed room
1: mystery <laughs> (laughs) kind of does it's true it does um what 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 how do they describe it unsettling occurrences
0: uh strange and disturbing occurrences
1: disturbing okay I was like I don't I mean I feel like you could use even stronger language to describe a murder than disturbing but I mean all right
0: I mean it says including murder so maybe that's like the like, like on the, the bell escalation. curve, it's the yeah, um, the last little bit. Suddenly, she is caught up in a flurry of intrigue. The dashingly attractive steward may be one of the infamous Clockwork Daggers, the queen's spies and assassins, and her cabin mate <laughs> harbors disturbing secrets. But the danger is only beginning. For Octavia discovers that the deadly conspiracy aboard the airship may reach the crown itself. Isn't Clockwork no, Daggers no. a se- oh that's a series by um. The lady who wrote City of Bones, Glass.
1: Cassandra Clare.
0: Yes, she has Clockwork Daggers
1: as a series, I think. Okay. well, That one sounds fun. Different one. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, sounds like a romp.
0: Yeah, it sounds Mm -hmm. just like, you know, it sounds fantasy-based and thrilling. And I mean... Alternate history again. I know we keep like, obviously everything on this list is alternate history. (laughs) There's a dog without an owner. Oh no, it's got an owner. We're good. Okay,
1: good. Just checking. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Okay. Our next one is a YA title, I believe. yes. Yes. Um, and it is by an author who he's written like lots of different stuff. And it, he wrote one of kind of the original um, YA dystopians years ago, his Ugly series. So but this good. one is is so good. This is his um, like his his foray into steampunk. It's called Leviathan. Prince Alexander would be heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne is on the run. His own people have turned on him. His title is worthless. All he has is a battle-torn war machine and a loyal crew of men. I mean, that's not nothing. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> not nothing. Darren Sharp is a commoner disguised as a boy in the British Air Service. She's a brilliant airman, but her secret is in constant danger of being discovered. With World War I brewing, Alec and Darren's paths cross in the most unexpected way, taking them on a fantastical around-the-world adventure that will change both their lives forever. That that's sounds so in a awesome yeah sounds again sounds like a romp lots of Mm -hmm. fun intrigue um you know nothing wrong with a little mistaken identity sort of piece Mm -hmm. there with uh, pretending to be a boy in the air force it's also interesting to me that the few
0: like the last one and this one they both mention royalty which Mm -hmm. is, is that like a staple of steampunk because it feels and i think in my rec too
1: it kind of is because i feel like originally steampunk was kind of specifically a certain period of time and like also england yeah yeah um so it makes sense that mm. kind of aristocracy and royalty keep popping up
0: love it like medieval medieval liter- literature but not
1: <laughs> but not yeah but and not. honestly so far many of these seem to have well not all not all of them obviously not the first one but many of them seem to have like a kind of fun adventure vibe all mm-hmm. of these as well
0: they're yeah. not as serious as a lot of fantasy um on the run chosen one can be
1: yes mm-hmm. yes good point
0: yeah okay i think all this right. next one is a little bit more serious <laughs> fantasy
1: Now yeah, that we've said that
0: yeah <laughs> okay. this is storm dancer uh by Jay uh, that's the author of, 31? no, yes. that's Jay
1: Asher. <gasps> You're right, Jay Kristoff. He Laya is Laya, also a YA author. He's, yeah. he's certainly written some things.
0: Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shima Imperium bridges on the brink of environmental collapse, an island nation once rich in tradition and myth, now decimated by clockwork industrialization and the machine worshippers of the Lotus Guild. The skies are red as blood, the land is choked with toxic pollution, and the great spirit animals that once roamed its wilds have departed forever. An impossible quest. The hunters of Shima Imperial Court are charged with their shogun to capture a thunder tiger, a legendary creature, half eagle, half tiger. But any fool knows the the beasts have been extinct for more than a century, and the price of failing the shogun is death. A hidden gift. Yukiko is a child... What you sound like? You... Did you have something
1: to say? <laughs> no, I just kind of laughed at the like funny different headings that they have yeah. in this description.
0: Gift, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yukiko is a child of the fox clan, possessed of a talent that is that if discovered would see her executed by the Lotus Guild. Accompanying her father on the shogun's hunt, she finds herself stranded, a young woman alone in Shima's last wilderness, with only a furious, crippled thunder tiger for company. Even though she can hear his thoughts, even though she saved his life, all she knows for certain is he'd rather see her dead than help her. But together, the pair will form an indomitable friendship and rise to the challenge, uh, rise to challenge the might of an empire.
1: Very interesting. Oh, that's not where I thought it was going. I was surprised.
0: Where did you think it was uh, going?
1: I, I don't know. I guess I didn't expect the girl and the tiger to have a psychic connection Mm, no that Mm. was a bit of a surprise
0: yeah and then to turn around and change the empire you're
1: like oh okay sorry eagle tiger
0: thunder tiger thunder tiger but it is half eagle half tiger
1: that does sound very monstrous
0: it does the interesting thing about this one is I, when I was doing research for, um, Asian inspired fantasy, this one kept coming up. It's not an own, uh, own voices author. So if that's something Mm -hmm. you're not, uh, something that you're particular on reading, this might not be the choice for you. But it also sounds like an interesting combo of that other author who mentioned Silk Punk and steam, right. and steampunk. I mean obviously it can't be silk punk because it's got steampunk in it and it's not written by yeah. an Asian author but it's, it is interesting that it's kind of a weird combo of
1: kind of echoes that
0: yeah it kind of echoes the both of them in a in a way but it sounds it sounds interesting and it
1: is also a series
0: yes the lotus wars
1: Okay. Hmm. Our next one is an author who she was already mentioned as like a read alike for another one that we've mentioned. Um, and she has multiple series. I think I want to say like three, maybe even four. Um, so this is her most recent series. It's called The Custard Protocol. <laughs> she has, love it. The, yeah, she has great names. Um, and the character in the book is called, the book itself is called Prudence. Set in the world of the Parasol Protectorate, (laughs) which was her first series, again, as I said, great names, (laughs) when Prudence Alessandra Macon Akaldema, rue to her friends, is given an unexpected dirigible, unexpected dirigible, (laughs) she does what any sensible female would do under similar circumstances, names it the Spotted Custard and floats to India in pursuit of the perfect cup of tea, but India has more than just tea on offer. Bruce stumbles upon a plot involving local dissidents, a kidnapped brigadier's wife, and some awfully familiar, familial Scottish, familial. I'm, guys, I'm real tired. <laughs> I am You got this. I will keep going. I'm just that's um, it's an explanation. <laughs> it's an explanation for my um, even more than usual um, issues with pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rue stumbles upon a plot involving local dissidents, a kidnapped brigadier's wife, and some awfully familiar, not familial, Scottish <laughs> werewolves. Nice. Faced with a dire crisis and an embarrassing lack of bloomers. What else is a young lady of good breeding to do but turn metanatural and find out everyone's secrets, even thousand-year-old fuzzy ones?
0: Love it. What does metanatural mean?
1: I'm assuming some kind of supernatural skills. Mm-hmm. If she's. Uh, hmm. Probably. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't just call it supernatural. Yeah. Like, specifically.
0: May, oh, but, maybe it's. Are the creatures made partly of metal? Like, is that.
1: I maybe? don't think so.
0: Well, then what the hey, hey? I can't I explain know. it. But. I don't know. Metals all around. Custer protocol. Amazing.
1: I'm sure that it will be explained in the book. Um, but yeah, fun. This is it's um, she's fairly well known, lots of bestsellers. There's some, there's some romance, there's like obviously the alternate history steampunk, and then there's also all supernatural stuff, as in werewolves <laughs> and other various supernatural creatures. Um, so if you're interested in any of those different things, they're all like mixed together in a funny kind of frothy concoction in gail Carriger's books so might be worth checking out mm-hmm. and this one is available
0: on cloud library but not in our actual collection i think it's the it only one missing
1: <laughs> i think perhaps yeah perhaps someone wore it and they liked it so much yeah It hadn't returned you
0: know, it is um, there though on cloud library so if you want to read an ebook it's available Very good. The last highlight that we're going to do is called The Gown, A Novel of the Royal Wedding. The description of this one's pretty long. So bear with me. Um, It's by Jennifer (laughs) Robson.
1: (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I'm just laughing because my child is crying. Oh, no. Um, He's okay. He's with his dad. But if you (laughs) hear that in the background... He was also up all night, obviously, which is why I was up all night. So the he's both just of us are We're tired tired. Just, just both tired. Anyway, just wanted to uh, preemptively disrupt um, rather than midway through. You read so
0: absolutely. On. <laughs> Sounds good. Here we go. London, nineteen forty-seven. Besieged by the harshest winter in living memory, burdened by onerous shortages and rationing, the people of post-war Britain are enduring lives of quiet desperation despite their nation's recent victory. Among them are Anne Hughes and Miriam Dassin, embroiderers at the famed Mayfair Fashion House of Norman Hartnell. Together they forge an unlikely friendship, but their nascent hopes for a future a brighter future are tested when they are chosen for a -a once-in-a-lifetime honor taking part in the creation of princess elizabeth's wedding gown Toronto, 2016. More than a half a century later, Heather Mackenzie seeks to unravel the mystery of a set of embroidered flowers, a legacy from her late grandmother. How did her beloved Nan, a woman who never spoke of her old life in Britain, come to possess the priceless embroideries that so closely resemble the motifs on the stunning gown worn by Queen Elizabeth II at her wedding almost 70 years before? And what was her nan's connection to the celebrated textile artist and Holocaust survivor Miriam Dasim? So Jennifer Robson takes us inside the workrooms where one of the most famous wedding gowns in history was created. Uh, balancing behind-the-scenes details with a sweeping portrait of society left reeling by the calamitous cost of victory, she introduces readers to three unforgettable heroines, their points of view alternating and intersecting through its pages, whose lives are woven together by the pain of survival, the bonds of friendship, and the redemptive power of love. Fascinating. So, like, you're muted. <laughs> I think that's our first you're muted moment! <laughs>
1: yeah i'd uh, I'd done that because of the crying child <clears throat> but uh, he has quieted down now, so I can talk now <laughs> um, <laughs> i um i I think like i when I think of alternate history, I don't think of this kind of smaller scale um, but you know it's a whole it is also extremely valid and there's tons of books like this very a lot of historical fiction that they kind of start working off of one actual event and then just piecing out a whole potential you know what could have happened around them sounds very interesting
0: yeah and a lot of um like ancestry and family history in this one which would be if you're interested in ancestry pretty cool see how she uh goes about uh, figuring that out because I can't even imagine where you would start with figuring out how your grandma had those flowers.
1: Now uh, we don't know uh, I don't know but we do have people who could <laughs> help at the library and we do have access to Ancestry online at home go to our website to learn more Mm -hmm. Yeah, little um mid-episode promo there
0: yeah (laughs) tvpl.ca. there you go there you go like digital library (laughs) (laughs) all right let's head into our rest do you want me to go or you first um I can
1: go I can all right all right so mine is a YA book and I read it a while ago it's an older one but I liked it so much I actually went and bought it after I read it which I don't do all the time and it is a standalone and I remember being annoyed at the time oh. because I'd read so many series books and I was like why is it the book that I actually want to read more of is only a one-off.
0: Frustrating. How annoying
1: yeah anyway so this is the book um, it's called The Friday Society um, by Adrian Cress. an action-packed tale of gowns <laughs> guys and guns. Yes. <laughs> yes. Set in turn-of-the-century London, the Friday Society follows the stories of three very intelligent and talented young women, all of whom are assistants to powerful men. Cora, lab assistant, Michiko, Japanese fight assistant, and Nellie, magician's assistant. The three young women's wi- lives become inexorably... Oh boy, is that Inexorably.
0: Right?
1: In- inexorably. <laughs> Intertwined after a chance meeting at a ball that ends with the discovery of a murdered mystery man. It's up to these three, in their own charming but bold way, <laughs> seems like a funny descriptor, but all right, to solve the murder and the crimes they believe may be connected to it without calling too much attention to themselves. Set in the past, but with a modern irreverent flair, <laughs> the steampunk and introduces three unforgettable and very ladylike well, relatively ladylike heroines poised for more <laughs> dangerous adventures, which don't happen. As I said, it's just a one-off, Dang. but it's just, um, I remember like the reason I liked it so much was the friendship between the th- three girls was so great. Just like, oh. yeah, just like really they they all have such different backgrounds and it's called the Friday society because of the, um, you know, Robinson Crusoe, <laughs> classic (laughs) Uh, you know everyone has his 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 friday assistant who he um you know no okay well that's what when he when he meets um someone on his deserted island because he is because this is like a terrible colonials narrative rather than giving the person a name he calls him friday because that's the day that he met him on kind of gross anyway they they use that like assistant the the name Friday and so they're the Friday society because oh, they're yeah. kind of like the backup assistants wow, um that's but yeah Tony Stark
0: called one of his Friday. What's that? Tony Stark called um one of his AI Friday didn't they
1: he did it's true
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I imagine most people possibly including Tony Stark don't really think about what that means that that naming origin it is probably it's not pretty gross I mean, Tony Stark's Stark is pretty thoughtful, but...
0: Controversial.
1: <laughs> Controversial? Oh, uh, my. Well, someday we'll beginnings. talk about Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yes, it's very true. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, this book. Okay, so it's <laughs> it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, fun mystery, great female friendship vibe. Um, highly enjoyable.
0: Good. The cover anyway. looks like... I would want to read that based on the
1: cover, I would read this. I feel like the description is even is dated in a weird way. Like, I feel like if it came out now, they wouldn't be like, oh, they're very ladylike. They're bold, blah, blah, blah. Like they would word it differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is an interesting thing. You don't really think about descriptions becoming dated. But I feel like that one is a little. That's so strange. When yeah. did it come out? Mm, I want to say like, I don't know, years? 10 years ago or something. Ten years.
0: Okay, that makes sense. That was probably during peak steampunk.
1: 2012. Yeah. Wow. Like exactly, almost exactly 10 years. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, Mine is a little spicy. So heads up if you want to read a little (laughs) bit of a spice, not like super spicy or anything, but it's called The Golden Spire by Anne Renwick. Um, I read this a few months ago. Like this is how long we've been preparing for this episode. I read this. (laughs) months ago um so i'll read you the description london papers scream of dirigible attacks kraken swarms and lung cog lung clogging sulfurous fogs, but a rash of Roma murders barely rates mention. Lady Amanda is tired of having both her intelligence and her work dismissed. After blackmailing her way into medical school, she catches the eye of her anatomy professor from the moment she walks into his lecture hall. Is he interested in her, or only her invention, a clockwork spider that can spin artificial nerves? Lady, Lord Lord Thornton, a prominent neurobiologist, has been betrayed. (laughs) Seek Government technology has been stolen from his laboratory, and a foreign spy is attempting to uh, attempting to perfect it via a grisly procedure using Roma's as test subjects. The Um. last thing, yeah, it's the basically the idea that in this society, which is gross, um, they're the kind of people that, and they acknowledge this that the the government and the crown doesn't see, so it's. Yeah, it's not good, but uh, they've been using the Roma as test subjects. The last thing he needs is the distraction of a beautiful and brilliant new student, even if her spider could heal a deteriorating personal injury until her device is stolen and used in the latest murder. Lord Thornton has no option but to bring her into his laboratory as well as the investigation where they fight their their growing yet forbidden attraction bodies accumulate and fragile bonds are tested as they race across london trying to catch the spy before it's too late really good and basically she has this she's like been working on this little device that's a spider and her brother i think has some sort of injury where he needs a new limb i think it is and she's trying to make it so like it'll actually
1: be actually. A-
0: yeah, like, like Star Wars, movable limb kind of thing. Fully
1: integrated, yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, that gets stolen. It's a little spicy. They got to work together. It's, and there's like drama because like she's a student, he's a teacher and he's like respectfully being like, I can't do that, which are you're like, yes, thank you. And uh, <laughs> very good. And I think the next one follows a different set of people, which is why I didn't continue reading. because I was like, I'm done, but uh, very good, very good. It was a fun, it was a fun book. It, I wouldn't say like it was a great novel, but it was, it was fun.
1: I liked reading it, good beach read. Sometimes that's what you want, you know? Yeah. Fun, something fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so those
0: <laughs> are our recommendations and our highlights for alternate <laughs> history slash mostly steampunk. Yeah, yeah mostly, yep. <laughs> a little bit. Um, And with that being, unless you have something to add, I will wrap us up.
1: I do not wrap away.
0: Okay. uh, This is our third last episode before our break. Uh, And also this summer, we're going to be releasing old episodes on podcast platform because they've only been on YouTube for now. So keep following. We'll be back in September. And if you follow over the summer and listen in you'll know when we're back because you'll just be right along with us (laughs) Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, leave us a review on the podcast app that you are using because we will read them and we'll feel so loved (laughs) and it'll help other people find our podcast and with that being said find our notes at www.tvplofftheshelf.com and we will see you all next week bye bye